Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mac Attack Show. This is your host, J-Mac. I'm delighted and excited that you're here with us on today. I'm grateful to have my friend and my brother, a great pastor, great preacher, great husband, great father, great teacher, great leader, visionary, none other than Dwight Sherrod Riddick. If you are listening, come on, put your hands together. Let's bless God for Sherrod being here with us on today. Sherrod, thank you for joining us on the Mac Attack Show. Can you tell us just a few things about yourself? Hey, first of all, let me uh, thank you so much for this platform where you are sharing and blessing a lot of people. And so if I could be half of those things you just listed, then I'd be good. But I know you are all of them. So I definitely appreciate you know, the opportunity to be with you. And, um, I, you know, I, I pastor in uh, Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh, initially, I was at Gethsemane, uh, where I grew up. My father's a pastor there. I'm sure you know much about that dynamic. And so my father passed, so his mom has been really active in ministry. Uh, married to uh, Janelle Riddick, who is also a preacher in her own right. And so when I met her, she was already preaching. And so ministry has been uh, really at the forefront you know, of our life. I guess in free time, whenever that kind of pops up, man, I like to, like to try to do something competitive and athletic, try to run around a little bit, shoot a little basketball, play a little golf. Uh, we do have two kids, age 12 and eight, uh, which I've obviously our joy for us while at the same time you know helping spread us out uh, keeping keeping their schedules uh, for me I, I believe that God has really kind of blessed and allowed me to help maximize the potential of others and organizations so that they you know see Jesus in a different way amen awesome awesome and great uh, segue to one of the things I want to talk about while this episode is dedicated to leadership moving forward and having faith in the next season of your life. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Jesus. Um, this, this podcast is about all things uh, good and godly. Um, we, we sometimes venture off. We've talked about homecoming. We've talked about voting. We've talked about a few things. But in this season, there are so many things celebrated other than Christ. And, and we call it Christmas. Uh, as right. a pastor and leader and even as a father, what are some things that... Um, you do to ensure that you, your family, the congregation where you serve, uh, they focus on Jesus and, and do it in a way um, that's pure. It's not down talking to anybody else, but you make sure that you lift up Jesus in this Christmas season. Yeah. So, some of these may sound uh, traditional and ordinary, but I think, first of all, Jesus' name should be mentioned, right? We should say it, we should post it, it should be heard, it should be seen. But then in addition to that, I think it is showing attributes of Christ. And so you know, some of the typical things first are, uh, you know, making sure that we are blessing the others. And so we're doing simple things like angel trees and collecting goods for shelters. Uh, we partner with a couple of nursing homes. And so, you know, we're visiting nursing homes with gifts, with song. And so while a lot of those things are the traditional churches do during the holidays, I think for us, it is we're doing them, but then we are intentional about noting that the reason we're doing these is to display attributes of Christ. So it's not go do it for charitable reasons. It's not go do it because it's a holiday and people don't have it. It is do it because it is Christmas and these are Christ-like attributes, which I think are important because I think uh, the church can oftentimes, people can oftentimes do the right thing and I, wanted, I don't want to say for the wrong reason, but they can be doing the right thing and not have the right reason. You know, it, it could be to be seen or it could be because it's traditionally what we've done. Or it could be because 
uh, you know, this this is something that highlights who we are, and uh, it becomes some spotlight moment for a person or a church. So I think some of this whole Christmas season is just being really intentional about saying this is why we do it, and and then you know we try to make sure that it's done not so that the church's name gets the recognition, but it's really like look, let's just make sure the activity is carried out and the people are blessed and love is shown. Amen. Amen. Great, great, great concept. You use the word that I love, and that is intentionality. I think intentionality should go in so many things that we do. Yes, God can show up and it can be something that you are surprised about. But I also believe God gives us assignments and we need to be intentional um, because if we don't address things, we allow other things to happen. And, and so, so when we talk about intentionality, and showing the love of Christ. I think that is imperative for the body of Christ that, that we can't just hope things happen, um, but we also should be intentional about doing so. Right. So, so I, I appreciate that. And um, one of the seasons to me that, that brings out the, the greatest amount of intentionality, uh, not to completely end the Christmas conversation, but I think this is a perfect time to talk about New Year's. Because for, for a lot of people, right. a new year is, uh, it's a new me. I'm leaving my problems behind in 2021. In 2022, I'm this <laughs> and I'm that. And, and for some, something does happen um, because they start going to the gym more and they stick with it. Uh, they start eating right and they stick with it. Some of the right. more popular, quote unquote, New Year's resolutions. But I'm of the mindset, right. tell me if I'm wrong. You don't have to wait for a date to make a shift in your life. You don't have to wait for a certain season. God is saying move forward. Be intentional about starting right now. Don't wait because the longer you put things off, the less likely it is to happen. What what do you what do you have to say about right. that? Right. Yeah, I mean I one, I absolutely agree. And I mean we can probably also agree that New Year's is a milestone that everybody can see here that is in society, you know, hyped up. But one of the things, you know, we start looking at around September, October is talking about having a new year now. You know, whatever it is you think you're going to wait until New Year's to do, let's go ahead and have the new year now. Uh, and part of that intentionality is being able to set measurable goals, being able to set milestones to say, by this time, I'll and so starting something in a new year doesn't necessarily mean it's accomplished unless you still have some milestone in two weeks, in three weeks, in six days. So if the milestone is really the way that we measure whatever we're trying to be intentional about, like you said, it doesn't have to start in new year. It can start now. And so uh, you can actually have your new years now. And I'm not sure you know, how far you want to go in this, but I'm actually uh, looking this year at repackaging what New Year's looks like. I read this book and I can't remember the author's last name. It's either Morin or Doran, but he writes a book called uh, The 12-Week Year. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but what no. he's done is he's really packaged this idea. Actually, uh, it is, let me, it is uh, Brian Morin, Morin, M-O-R-A-N. And he writes about this 12-week year. Here's his, his idea that at the end of the year, like, like you said, people are 
closing, people are excited, people are hyped, trying to finish the year out and get done what they had not completed at the beginning of the year. And then they roll some things into the next year. He says, if there's so much excitement and energy around this New Year's event, why don't you break the year up into 12 week years and every 12 weeks treat it like it's the end of a year? Mm. Uh, one of the things I love is, you know, people hear that and say, well, he just means he broke them up in quarters. But it's not breaking them up in quarters because a part of a longer year. He says every 12 weeks make that the end of a year. And so treat that 11th week like, hey, I got to get this done in a week or I can't get it done at all. And then every 12 weeks, you kind of relaunch new ideas, new themes and focus. So I, I definitely agree that intentionality is not something that has to begin on a calendar cycle, but it can happen whenever you mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually just kind of say, look, this is when I'm going to get it done. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the things that pushes our intentionality is the goal, where we're going, which is often done by casting vision. Um, I, I always looked up to you as a great visionary. And, and so I want to ask you, because that, again, I think is something that is intentional. Um, uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. Some leaders in December, they're trying to fish for a theme. It's, oh, what's going to be the, the slogan for this year? <laughs> I, 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 I believe you have to be intentional about your prayer and, and even keeping vision. And, and so, but I wanted to ask you, what, what are some things you do to grasp vision? First, how do you receive it? And then two, and for some people, this is even more important. How do you articulate it so that others buy in? Yeah, that's good. So I think your first question is how do I receive it? One, I receive it with much caution, right? I try not to knee jerk vision for a year or knee jerk vision for next steps. Because I do think that if you're gonna create intentional milestones for whatever that vision is, you're gonna to have to break it down into small parts. And so before I start breaking down an entire vision, I wanna make sure that that initial goal and vision is, is proper. Uh, my, my dad tells a story in a sermon about this guy uh, who infamously had always hit the bullseye every single time he shot his bow and arrow. And you know, people came from there and far to go find out exactly how he was doing it. And what they discovered is he would shoot the arrow on the side of the barn, and then he would go and draw the circles around it, <laughs> right? So, so it wasn't that he was actually hitting his goal. He would just do something and then make that the goal. And I think sometimes we do that. We, we say, hey, this is what I was going after after you've done it. But I think vision is the other way around. Vision is to be able to see the goal and then shoot for it. So for me, uh, I, I'm trying to take intentional time away, literally. Uh, my wife and I uh, will take, you know, when we can, a week or a weekend. Uh, it has changed with the pandemic and with the kids' schedule, uh, you know, but, but ideally we would take three to four days away, change our environment, be away from work, uh, let people know, hey, this is a blackout few days for us. Uh, obviously there's prayer, scripture reading, try to stay connected to what's happening in the society, current events. And it's really seeking God without distraction for what is it that you have for us to do. And I try to make sure that I don't allow whatever that vision is to be something that can be easily accomplished or something that I know exactly how we can, we can complete. 
I typically don't let a God vision be something that I have all the answers to. If I, if I come up with something, I'm like, hey, this is it. And then I can give you an exact track to how it's gonna happen. Chances are, for me, it's not God yet. Cause God always does something that's bigger than us, bigger than our resources that requires him to be involved. So I think the first part for me is really, really disconnecting so that whatever this vision download is, it can be without any, without any graffiti, without any outside influence. So this is God. And I think the second question is then how do you share that? I think you share it by one, being able to connect with where are we now? Uh, I, I, know, I know a lot of people say, hey, here's what we get ready to do. Uh, here's what God has said. And those things can be true. But oftentimes, the people don't have a reality check about where they are and whether where they are is good or where, where they are is beneficial for the next, then vision doesn't matter. Sometimes you got to help people see, look, here's where we are, and this is not a good place. Or here is how far God has brought us, and since he brought us here, then this vision I'm getting ready to share is a real possibility. So vision sharing for me always starts with what is our current reality? And then from our current reality, we take this large vision, break it up into small milestones, into small steps. And those steps are measured, right? It's, look, if we want to get this done by April, here's what we work by the end of January, by the end of February. Here are the people that are going to be required. Here are the skill sets. Here's how much it's going to cost. And so without trying to limit God, what we do is at least try to give them something to work with. Um, you know, I often say, and it's not mine, somebody said it, you cannot manage what you have not measured. Awesome, awesome. That's good, that's good. So I do wanna ask this question, when it comes to vision casting, uh, you mentioned doing a true assessment of where we are. Um, have you ever had moments when you've had a vision, you, you really felt like this was God, but you got so much pushback from people that you started to question it? And if so, um, I mean, you don't have to go into specific detail. How, how did you handle it? Like, you know, what did you do mentally to process and to push through it? And, and I think this is an important question because a lot of people feel like when they don't get enough likes and hearts and follows on something, Oh, this must not be it. So, <laughs> right. But, but sometimes it's, that's exactly the place you need to be. And so I wanted to know if you could share with us, like just pushing through when, when the people don't get it. Yeah, so obviously you know that that is definitely happening, right? Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if there, again, I don't know if there's any God vision that doesn't get pushed back. I think church ministry, marriage, relationships, family will all present some type of either intentional, temporary, on purpose or accidental barriers to vision cast. That's just, the vision is not something people can see, it's something you gotta carry people to, right? So everybody's not gonna get it. Uh, with that being said, I think my strategy has been first and foremost to really reevaluate, is the vision right? So what I try not to do in what I think maturity is assumed that I'm the only one right and they're absolutely wrong and they're going to get this vision or else you know I do kind of step back and say well let me just let me consider their thoughts let me consider those statements and let me really see 
is this something that I've heard from God or did I miss it? I take that, I take that first. And then after that, if it really is God vision, again, I try to break it down into small pieces. I also try to help people see how the vision will impact God and kingdom. And this may sound crazy, but because people are vain and that's just humanity, I try to help people see one, their role in the vision and how it impacts them. You know, some, some people will hear vision, but not be able to see themselves as a part of it. And a lot of the backlash you get isn't really because of the vision. It's because that vision does not have them included. And what's not gonna happen is you, you or the church or the community is gonna do something without their input, their buy-in or their participation. So sometimes it is taking said vision and showing people where they are, what part they'll play, how it benefits them. And then also being able to take vision almost like um, almost like a holding a vase in your hand and turning it so that everybody can see all aspects of it. Sometimes vision can be blurted out in a way that this is the only way it has to happen and this is how you have to see it. When if you just kind of spin it, you know, you can show different angles, show different perspectives, how it helps with health, show how, how it helps with youth, show how it helps with seniors. And as people get different vantage points of the same vision, then it becomes something that people jump on board with. Very good, very good. Um, one of the things I took, it, this was very rich. Uh, one of the things I took from uh, your recent comment is about how sometimes if people feel like they're not included, then they will push back. And that's one of the things that pastors, managers, executives, uh, leaders in all fields of life, I noticed during the pandemic, um, some people had to move without the collective group, without the collective thought. And for some people, that was problematic because they, then they didn't feel valued. So uh, I guess another important part of vision and intentionality is including the team. Right. Absolutely. Um, and... And including sometimes means bringing them along. Including sometimes means putting some people on the bench so they can watch other people play. You know, it's, yeah. it's both sides of that. Yeah. Um, uh, my father, uh, who, who's of your dad's generation, and, and I think the world of your father as well, uh, he, he may have said something similar to this. My father says sometimes you have to make people think it was their idea. And sometimes you have to uh, make people Absolutely. feel like they <laughs> like they initiated this great plan. And, and, and it's all about <laughs> ab about inclusion for the greater good of them all. Yeah. 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 And, the, and that is a selfish act that I think every leader should implement. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, I you're said, good. Go ahead. I said, I think that is a selfish. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm saying I think that's a very humble a humble aspect that every leader needs to ha have in their toolbox to be able to say, look, the goal isn't for me to be the one to get the credit. The goal is for it to get, get accomplished. So whoever needs to get credit for it, let's just get it done. Mm, very good. Amen. So this next question is is related. Um, there's a passage in the book of Numbers that I love, and it talks about Moses uh, preaching to the people, and then God sent the same spirit that Moses had into the 70 elders. Uh, I believe the ideal scenario is that your leaders uh, have a similar spirit. Uh, so that way everybody's in line on the same page. 
as a leader, especially as a leadership coach, what are some things you do or could, what are some strategies you suggest in your coaching uh, for those of us who, who want to help our leaders be on the same page, have the same spirit? Um, and of course, you can't force a square peg into a circle. So some people just aren't going to get on the same page. But but I, I do believe, going back to intentionality, there are some things we as leaders can do so that our other leaders can get on, on board. What are some things you suggest? Yeah, man, I could probably give a list of like 10 or 12 things. But I would probably start the first and dig deep into that, which is build a relationship. I think so much is lost in lack of relationship. And, and when I say relationship, again, if I could, I could list 11 other things, but I would do relationship A, B, C, D, and say relationship is spending quality time. Relationship is understanding the other person's world. Uh, help letting them into yours so they understand who you are as a leader, who you are as a family person, who you are as a business man, business woman, uh, who you are, you know, in your extracurricular, but then also entering into their world, understanding what they value, understand where they spend their time, where they spend their money. I think relationship is people seeing you and you seeing them in atmospheres outside of church so that church then has contact or outside of your office so that office has contact and obviously in different you know sectors or areas of life you may not be able uh, to have all of that private time but i think when you talk about the spirit of a person being in another person that exchange comes from relationship first and then there are some other things that there were lists you know uh, it, it could be relationship first and then uh, constantly shared vision right you don't share vision one time it, it has to be on repeat I think it is celebrating people uh, I was in a coaching session not too long ago and the leader of the session said that two things most leaders lack one is accountability so they have great ideas but they have no one to actually follow up with them on accomplishing them and two encouragement most leaders get critique most leaders get feedback, but rarely do they get honest, hey, you can do it, keep going, don't give up. That is what God said, go for it. Uh, and so I think that exchange of both accountability and encouragement with the people who are to have this same spirit is really important. And again, that list could go on and on, but I, I think if, you know, for our time, if you really focus on relationship, focus on accountability with each other, focus on uh, empowerment, it would be a really good start. I, there's another guy who says, uh, whenever you rebuke someone or whenever you talk about sin, it should hurt you as much as their sin has hurt God. So there should rarely be a moment where you're correcting the person, particularly if you're trying to share the same spirit, where you correct them and not feel bad about the correction because you're in relationship. And a lot of leaders pride themselves on how they chastise person, or how they punish them, or how they fire someone. And there's no emotion to that. It's hard to have that angle with people and also share spirit with them. So, you know, if that's gonna be the person that you share spirit with, you really need to enhance them or correct them. It's gotta be done out of place of love relationship. That, that's good. Now, I'm smiling because this is ironic. Um, I was recently at a high school uh, athletics team, athletics teams practice and one of the kids was just, you know, he, he was messing up a little bit. Nothing seemed too bad, but, oh, man, his coach was going for it. And, and I went over to encourage the kid. I was like, hey, man, 
you know, but you're doing good, man. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. The coach almost went off on me. He said, hey, man, he being soft. Don't make him soft. <laughs> I said, first of all, I don't know who you think you're talking to. <laughs> but, 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 but secondly, like, you know, you catch more bees with honey. And, and while I get hurt, I played ball in high school growing up and in college. I get it. And I think we learn those leadership tactics growing up. You know, a lot of us um, were fussed at, yelled at, and lacked encouragement. So in our mind, uh, that's all we know. I even hear military people um, say, you know, that's all they know. And so when you ask them to be a, a compassionate leader, they're like, what is that? What, what does that even, even look like? And, and so I think People like yourself you know, are going to change the, the way we look at leadership. Right. And, and, and <clears throat> I think you win more when everybody feels like we're on the same page. I think I think we do better when people feel like, hey, this person genuinely cares about. Um, I have coaches, um, college and even prior Absolutely. to college, that I still talk to today because I knew they cared about me as a person. Like, and I think that just makes a big difference. Right. In, Reaching the goal, whatever the goal is, whether it's church, whether it's sports, whatever it may be. So that's real good. Yeah. 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 And and I think sometimes leaders can silence other voices because of how you treated one person. So if you go yep. up on one person, then that just shut down a whole lot of people. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, public embarrassment, belittling it may come out as a joke but it does damage to the entire our organization so i think again that relationship business because when you have relationships you might be able to be a little more forceful because they already know you legitimately care that it's not you know condemning and it's not damaging but this was really out of concern for your for you wanting to see them better yeah yeah i mean it goes against that old adage it's better to be feared than respected because fear lasts longer well Maybe so, but is yeah. it productive? So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, man, this has been great, man. I really enjoyed <laughs> right. this. Um, I just wanted to ask a few more questions. So going back to the whole New Year's piece, do you believe in New Year's resolutions? Yeah. So I do. What's that? Oh, let me see. I do. Nah, that's a good question. Let me start there, right? <laughs> Let me start there. Uh, I think that New Year's resolutions have their place, but I don't hate my weight on a, on a New Year's resolution, mainly because of what we talked about earlier, which is I don't think the New Year is the greatest indicator of starting something new, right? Uh, I do, on the other hand, think that for people who set New Year's resolutions, it's a better start than not having any at all. Right, that, and that's that's kind of why I slur and hesitate. You know, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, I think that New Year's resolutions for a, a person may be a way to set a benchmark and go forward. However, I really believe that you could have done it before the new year. You should be doing it throughout the new year, and that particular time frame is not necessarily some launching into the new. I even laugh at it because it's a new year, but it's in the middle of the season, 
right? Right. The winter starts. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, the winter's already started, and it's in the middle of the winter. It's not like the winter starts in January. Um, right. You know, and so calendar shift. But for me, I'm not a huge New Year's resolution person. Now, I will probably post something online and say, "Hey, here's what I'm getting ready to do for the year." joining in you know with with the community and the crowd but i don't think that's something i'm resting my hat on as an absolute a life right. change right all right all right i got two questions and then we through just two last questions okay all um, right even with all of our strategy planning vision implementation seems like sometimes god will give us a curveball and we have to be willing <clears throat> to make the adjustment with what God is saying. Um, can you give any encouragement to anybody who who is in a position or has to make a decision to do something that they weren't planning on doing, no one else planned on them doing, but they they just had to have the courage to to trust God enough in a new season to do, or to, to create a new season and, and to just have the faith to stick with it, to go forward. And I bring this up because a lot of people want something different out of life. And I believe if you want something different, you have to be willing to do something different. I mean, right. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Some people have to be willing to do something that other people don't expect. And it might go against the grain with your mama's plan for you, your daddy's plan for you, uh, even your spouse's plan for you. And let me be clear. I think as a spouse, y'all two need to be talking <laughs> before any major moves are made. So let me be clear. Right. <laughs> y'all need to be on the same page. But there will be some times in life, I fully believe, your spouse may be expecting this thing, especially when it comes to careers. And God drops something in your spirit, say, hey, we're going to do this. And... And it's like, all right, all right. I'm with you, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah, could you speak to like having the courage to just be sensitive to the spirit and allowing God to direct the new season, even if it's in February? Like you coming with this right. great plan in January, and then in February, God says, "All right, that's what I want you to do." Yeah, but look, let me first say congratulations to anyone who's in that place, right? Because I think for me to be at a place where you have a plan, have an idea. And then you hear or accept that God is changing it means he's still talking to you. I'm probably more concerned with the person who is like, hey, this is what I set out to do and nothing ever changed. <laughs> I wow. think that person is in a very dangerous place because God is moving. God is evolving. God is shifting. And I contend that God is more like GPS than he is like a map. Right. So you get a map. Amen. The map is like you can see where you go. You know, you see where you start and you see where you end. So you have the whole picture. God is more yeah. like GPS. But he's like, hey, Faster go right. Route. Make a left. <laughs> there you, right. There you go. Right. And, and then the detour, he give you a couple of options. He doesn't always say go this way. He's like, look, there's some traffic up ahead. How you want to handle this? You want to go left? You want to go right? And so uh, the GPS guy is one that is with you. And as long as God is with you, Take the you know take take the move, make the pivot, uh, you know take the detour, and I think in a practical way when we talk about be courageous, I don't know if there have ever been any uh, forerunners, any trailblazers uh, who didn't have adversity 
who didn't feel as if they didn't have all the answers, right? That's part of that's part of this making a change and making a shift. You don't have to know it all. You just have to trust God. Uh, so I, w- I would encourage him in that way. I would say keep going forward. You know, pause maybe, but don't stay still too long. Uh, you you learn when you do it wrong. You learn when you do it right. But standing still is usually the place where you avoid any type of growth. So, you know, keep moving. Keep moving. Amen. Awesome. Y'all heard it there, man. Hearing God redirect you is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So don't get upset with God because you feel like when you were supposed to do things this way. Um, One of the quotes I often reference is comparison is the thief of joy. And a lot of times people map out their life based on somebody else's example. Hey, be open to God doing something different with you. Amen. Amen. Last question. You've been a great guest, man. Uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed this dialogue. I and I appreciate I the time. Yeah, man. Um, Absolutely. Any, any words of encouragement Absolutely. for any visionaries and, and, and leaders? Anything that you see God doing in this season that people need to be sensitive to? Anything you want to share with us? Yeah, I, I do. I think, uh, first, let me let me thank you for that question because I, I think for every visionary, I would encourage you, one, to keep having vision. Don't give up. Uh, it, it's never easy. It's not going to just come naturally. You aren't always going to have the resources up front. You aren't always going to have all of the people up front. Uh, don't let that in any way block what you believe God is sending you to. I would start there. Uh, then I would I would say that among many things God is saying in this is be forward thinking. Like don't just say you are visionary. Start looking at really what's coming, not where we are. Uh, don't don't keep planning for what's happening now really start seeking God about hey God what's next like what's what's around the corner what does 2024 look like so that in 2022 we can start prepping for it uh, try, try not to be to everything that has happened and now we're just trying to fix to match that and try to get ahead of the curve and be proactive uh, you know I'm a, I'm a tech I'm a tech guy computer science nerd by heart and one of the largest questions is, you know, how do we get people back to church? And I think people should come to church. I'm pro-church. Uh, we're back on site. Uh, but I, I think that God has really not just used the pandemic to push the church outside, but to show the church that God was already working outside and we weren't there. Uh, you know, I, I think churches were doing outreach. I think churches were, hitting, you know, it's not too many churches that don't have a heart for any evangelism or outreach. Uh, but I, I would really, really press visionaries to start asking questions like, how, how do we plant online churches, not extend our on-site church to go online? How do I, how do I make my business a virtual space? You know, Facebook is going to metaverse. Uh, you know, and we're still trying to get people in Facebook groups. And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of saying, look, visionaries look beyond 2022 so that 2022 can be used to prepare for what's ahead, not 2022 to repair what we didn't do in the last few years. Amen. Amen. Well said. Um, man, there's so much that we can talk about when we talk about digital platforms and online communities. I, I fully believe just as churches have youth pastors and and uh, other uh, associate ministers or leaders, we should have digital pastors who are in charge of the online community. Um, so much churches are doing now with QR codes, 
And there's so much we can do now just to reach people who do not believe in Jesus. So, amen. Yeah. Keep at Absolutely. it. Keep, keep up the great work, man. Hey, this is the Mac Attack Show. Uh, we had Sherrod Riddick again. Thank you, Sherrod, for being here. Thank you for being a visionary and a leader. God bless you in the ministry. For all who are listening, thank you for tuning in. God bless you. Be great. Hey, man. Keep up the great work.